Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Elaine Podcast. And I'm so excited for today's podcast because it is Women's History Month. Today is March 1st, and it is the first day of Women's History Month. And so for Women's History Month, I wanted to create something for the podcast for us to talk about all things women's history all month long. So I created the Women's History Celebration. And so for part one, today's topics include Maya Angelou, Simone D. Bouvard. Bouvard. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. I'm sorry. And Nina Berberville. Barbara, I need to research how to pronounce their names really, really quickly. So let's see how you pronounce their names. So Simone de Bova and um, yeah, I just don't know how to pronounce their names properly. I'm so sorry. But anyways, so we're going to talk about these let me stop making all this noise. So anyways, um, I, I'm so, so sorry if I cannot pronounce their names properly. And I'm just going to accept that. But y'all know what I mean. Y'all know what I mean. So I am, I was gifted um, this book called The Norton Book of Women's Lives um, from the Wesley College. Um, it was a book award that they gave to me. And so I've had this book for some time now. And it's a book full of pretty much it's like a whole bunch of stories that these women have wrote, put all together in one big book. And it's not the full text, but just um, excerpts from their text. And so I wanted to just tell you a little bit about each author's history and then maybe read a little bit from the piece that is in this book. So Maya Angelou, she is an actor. No, Maya Angelou is an actress and singer. And this was all before she was a writer. Um, and she began writing books at the encouragement of friends, including James Baldwin, who had heard her tell stories of her childhood. Um, she grew up in the 1930s, where she spent most of her childhood with her grandmother in Arkansas. Um, Maya Angelou, she wrote, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. 1970, and it tells the story of Maya's life in her mid-teens. Um, after that, she wrote All Good, All God's Children Need Traveling Shoes, and it was published in 1986. Um, all right, so I'm going to read a little bit from I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. And I want to start at 
It says, buy any, buy any, buy any. Mama never turned her head or unfolded her arms, but she stopped singing and said, buy Miss Helen, buy Miss Ruth, buy Miss Eloise. I burst a firecracker, 4th of July burst. How could mama call them Miss? Them mean, nasty things. Why couldn't she come inside the sweet, cool store when we saw them breasting the hill? What did she prove? And then if they were dirty, mean, and impudent, why did mama have to call them Miss? She stood under another whole song through and then opened the screen door to look down on me crying in rage. She looked until I looked up. Her face was brown moon that her face was a brown moon that shone on me. She was beautiful. Something that happened out there, which I couldn't completely understand, but I could see that she was happy. Then she bent down and touched me as mothers of the church, lay hands on the sick and afflicted. And I quitted. All right. So Miss Simone. Um, her last name is D. Well, her, I think French names, they, the D and the actual last name go together. So it's D-B-E-A-U-V-O-I-R. So let's see. So Simone came from a conservative family, but she yearned for freedom and independence. Um, she arranged a compromise between her own needs and her parents' concern on respectability by renting a room from her grandmother. Her first volume of autobiography, Memoirs of a Dutiful Daughter, appeared in 1958. She also wrote The Second Sex, which is her epic account of women's oppression. She also wrote The Prime of the Prime of Life, 1960, Force of Circumstance, 1963, All Said and Done, 1972, and a memoir about her mother, A Very Easy Death in 1966. Sitar, the most intoxicating aspect of my return to Paris in September 1929 was the freedom was the freedom I now possessed. I had dreamt of it since childhood when I played with my sister at being a grown-up girl. I have recorded elsewhere my passionate longing for it as a student. Now suddenly it was mine. I was astonished to find an effortless buoyancy in all movements. From from the moment I opened my eye, from the moment I opened my eyes every morning, I was lost in a transport of delight. When I was about twelve, I had suffered through not having a private retreat of my own at home. Leafing through my leafing through Mon Journal, I had found a story about an English schoolgirl and gazed and gazed enviously at the colored illustration portrayed her room, portraying her room. There was a desk in a divan and shelves filled with books. Here within these gaily painted walls, she read and worked and drank tea. 
With no one watching her, her envious I felt. How envious I felt. For the first time ever, I had glimpsed a more fortunate way of life than mine. And now at long last, I had to a room to myself. My grandmother had stripped her draw- her drawing room of all its armchairs, occasional tables, and knickknacks. I had fought some unpainted furniture, and my sister had helped me to give it a coat of brown varnish. All right, that's enough reading from that one. Thank you. All right, so our last woman that we're going to be talking about today is Nina Burb. All right. I hope I'm saying her name correctly. But anywho, so in her autobiography, The Italics Are Mine, 1969, she testifies to her mental liveliness and not to a premature need to making a living. All right. And also she came into the she came to the United States in 1950 where she taught for many years in the Slavic Department of Princeton University. She said that she had no trouble liberating herself from her brute blah, 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 blah. She had no problem liberating herself from her brute, I can never say this word, bourgeoisie upbringing as many of her contemporaries in French did because she grew up in a place and at a time when there was no doubt that the old world would in one way or another be destroyed. This is from the italics are mine. No smoke screen over life, no emotional overtone, overtones of religion, twilight, icon lap, candles, chats for the dead. I develop a profound aversion to false comfort and coziness. I wanted a hundred watt light shining on a book in which everything was expressed. Everything was said, a clear day, a black night, no ambiguous meaning, no sad improvisations that were covered by a veil of glances, sighs, and hints. These Fata Morganas seemed to be more terrible than cannon fire. Behind them lay every Behind them lay my very own, which I foresaw with the actual cannon fire that thundered over me thrice. My own struggle in which one, which in which no one dared replace me, where I would not cede my place under fire. Life was gradually becoming a reality from which I had no intentions of hiding behind anyone's back. Okay. So that is our little reading for today um, to introduce Women's History Celebration, our Women's History Celebration. And so the next episode, I'm going to come back and I'm probably not going to read three people at a time, but I'm definitely going to try to at least do one person every week to read from this book and then also talk about other women throughout history and give, you know, a little insight on what they did and how they contribute to the world. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you give us five stars and leave a review. 
follow us on Spotify. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> follow us on Spotify. You have to search Amisha and the Elan podcast will come up. And during this month of March, I am using my platform on Instagram to help raise money for breast cancer now. So you can go on my um, Instagram post and it's going to be, it should be in my bio now. Um, It should be in my bio now. So if you, I guess if you click on the fundraiser in my bio, you can donate to um, breast cancer now and all of the money is going straight towards them you don't even have to worry about um anything I don't I'm just a host of the fundraiser and that's pretty much it um so let's talk about it all right so education oh my gosh education and the education system So, um, like I was saying in the last episode, like knowledge is everything to me. Education is, is very, very important. And, um, I am disappointed in the education, in the education system that we have. Um, especially in Georgia, because that's all I can really speak about. I grew up in Clayton County, um, And I was in Clayton County until sixth grade. And then seventh grade, I transferred to Fulton County. And I would say those two school systems, I can't really talk too much about the school system when I was younger because I was a child. But I mean, for the most part, I feel like um, they did a good job. But um, I did feel like at the time, um, we really didn't have that many resources and I felt like um, if our school had a better budget, we would have been able to do a lot more things. Um, I definitely feel like the education system can do better. I feel like the education system is not really built for all students. I feel like the education system is... um, how can I say? It's pretty much not really geared towards setting students up for success. I feel like the education system is based upon making sure that they, um, making sure that their records indicate that they are hitting, you know, certain um, milestones, I guess I'm trying to say, or whatever, as long as, you know, a certain percentage of students is passing and whatever compared to those that are failing or whatever, I feel like that's pretty much all they really care about. And I just feel like the education system doesn't really focus, excuse me, doesn't really focus on the real issues that is important for student life. And I definitely don't believe that the education system is doing a great job at preparing students for the real world outside of, you know, being a student and entering into the real world. And I feel like, you know, if you stop at a high school education 
I mean, I'm not saying that you have to get post secondary education, but I am saying that secondary education sometimes is not enough. And that is simply because they the curriculum that schools are going by, they really don't include what people really need to be successful human beings in the world. Um, And it's a lot of fluff that I feel like the education system uh, teaches us. Like, for example, the textbooks are outdated. All of the textbooks are outdated. I don't understand why. I was in school 2016. I don't understand why textbooks are falling apart and um, pages are ripped out of books and things like that. Like books ain't been updated since the late 1990s, like stuff like that. Like I'm probably exaggerating, but I'm just saying like, it's just certain things that I feel like the education system needs to work on because education once upon a time was not something that came freely to everybody. So um, I just want us to think about that because women, for example, have been leading the way and there are so many women graduates and so many women professors and authors and filmmakers and doctors and lawyers. And if it wasn't for their education, if it wasn't for the time that they took and to dedicate to whatever it is that they're passionate about, they wouldn't be where they are today so I just wanted us to talk about that for today and to highlight somebody for Women's History Month Miss Cardi B is the cover of issue 535 of March 2021 for Interview Magazine so Miss Cardi B is the cover of Interview Magazine for the month of March. And that is so amazing because it is Women History Month. And I'm so, so proud of her for everything. Her hair, Um, I was seeing on Instagram that she had six wigs sewn in to her head to create that look for the cover of the magazine. And I love it. I love um the behind the scenes things that that goes on to create these type of things so shout out to miss cardi b for being the cover of interview magazine visit www.theelanebrand.com make sure you shop our store we have bundles wigs and lashes if you need to contact customer service make sure you email shop at the elainebrand.com all right so another place that i have to suggest for you guys to go grab you something to eat and grab you some drinks is the painted duck so 
I went to the Painted Duck and it is a fun activity for you and your friends or you and your boo to go and have a good time. Um, so when you go there, they have the bar and they have the games, they have bowling, but it's not regular bowling. There is like smaller balls and smaller pins. So it's bowling, but not the real bowling where you have to actually put your fingers in a hole and bowl, whatever the ball, the balls are like this big. They're not really that big. Um, They also have another game where it's like you have to roll this. I don't know what it's called, but it's like it's a game where you roll it and then whoever gets um their ball closest to the feather, they win. Um, They had a horseshoe thing. Um, They had a life size pool table. So it's like you kick the ball into the holes for the pool table versus actually using like the stick and playing pool. So. That was interesting. I didn't get to play it because all night people kept like occupying that part. So we didn't get to play that, but um, that was cute. And they also had like shuffleboard. They had a little basketball net and I was playing basketball and that was fun. And then, oh yeah, so I had ordered the chicken tenders and this drink I can't remember what it's called but it had tequila in it lime and something else and it was so freaking good y'all I promise y'all the bartender there did a great job because that drink was amazing it was made to perfection and I I'm starting to like tequila so it was a good little drink, good little vibe. So make sure y'all head, make sure you head over to the Painted Duck if you get a chance, because that would be a cute little date night. All right, a trip down memory lane. So, okay, I wanted to talk about my first trip to the doctor when I got my little woman checkup or whatever. So. My first time ever having my little woman's checkup. I remember, I remember at this time, I still had a male doctor and I wasn't going to the gynecologist. I was still going to the pediatrician. So I went to the office. He told me to take all my clothes off and I'll get done. He gonna come back into the room and just lay down and get comfortable. So he comes in and I had like they touched on my boobs and then he just looked in my vagina. He didn't really like go in there, but he definitely like like looked in between my legs and like start feeling on me and stuff like that and just asking me questions. And it was so weird because it was a my doctor at the time was an older white male. And I honestly just wasn't comfortable at that time with even touching myself or really looking at myself. So for me to lay there and allow for an older white man to just pretty much look at my body, it was very, very, very uncomfortable. I just remember being uncomfortable and I didn't like that. 
somebody was just looking at me and touching on me and stuff like that even though I knew the purpose for it I still was a little iffy about it and that's why I'm glad I had moved to where it would be a woman doctor um a black woman doctor and I felt a little bit more comfortable because it was a woman doctor like I've gotten it done by a white woman doctor before too but I would say I prefer a woman versus a man for a girl's first time getting her checkup because it just allows her to put her guard down and be a little bit more comfortable because I wish I was a little bit more comfortable. I was like very tense and I didn't I didn't really like that. But I wanted to talk about that because of the um because I'm sponsoring breast cancer now. Um and that's it's just important to go get your checkups because you want to make sure that you're regularly getting your checkups and making sure that um, everything is going good because the earlier you catch something, the more likely they are able to help you and um, it won't be anything wrong in the long term. Okay, so yeah, I just I just really wanted to just touch on that because going to that doctor's office for the first time is very that's a very scary. It's like when your period starts for the first time. It's just something that's new that you have to get used to about being a woman. It's just something about being a woman. It's like we have a lot of different stages in our life that makes us uncomfortable but it's just a part of being a woman and it's just something that we have to do that's just something that I had to learn that that's something that I have to get comfortable with and that is something for me to learn about what's going on with me so I can make sure that I'm good and if I ever come across something I would know um what to address and what to tell them so that they can be able to help me out but yeah so enough rambling um about that call 678-460-6706 you can have a conversation with me about anything you want you can promote your business shout out to your friend or family member or ask for advice so in misha's playlist for today includes Masterpiece by Jasmine Sullivan. School and Life by Beyonce. Family Affair by Mary J. Blige. And lastly, I'm Here by Fantasia. So these are my songs for my playlist today i'm not gonna sing for you guys on this episode but those are some jams that you guys can listen to for women's history month um haven't received an advice letter so we're gonna skip right over ask misha and we are now at stay in your lane so for today, I wanted to show you guys how to check your breasts. So 
Um, for me, when I'm in the shower, what I like to do is I like to raise both of my hands um, one at a time and use the other hand to just, and I use like my index finger and my middle finger and I just press around my boob, go like up under where it's like the little flap and then just go around and check and make sure that I don't have any lumps. And then I switch to the other arm and do the same thing. And I just press on my boobs to make sure that there aren't any lumps, make sure I don't feel anything weird or crazy going on. And if you feel something that's a little lumpy or something that may be a little off to you, don't hesitate. Just tell your doctor what you... um felt and they're going to run their test and do their thing and they'll let you know um the results or whatever however that goes um but just don't be afraid to speak up about whatever it is that you're feeling because I've been hearing so many stories about women saying something is wrong and then the people um, that is supposed to be taking care of them, they are downplaying the women's, um, they are downplaying how women say they are feeling and they're not looking at certain things that is wrong with women because they feel like they can handle it or it's not that big of a deal. They're exaggerating. No, if something is wrong with you and you know something is wrong with you, you need to put your foot down and let them people know that this is what's wrong and I need y'all to figure it out because there's no reason why women should be going through this in hospitals. There's no reason why a woman should be refused any type of help when she says something is wrong. Now, I'm just going to leave that at that. We could probably talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, it's really irritating me when I hear stories about when somebody says something's wrong and they don't they don't do anything about it. And then later on, it comes out that something was wrong and it's something that could have been prevented. But because they pushed it off like it didn't matter, now it's late and they have to you know take other precautions and do other things so make sure while you're in the shower at least once a week make sure you do your breast checks and you should be good um thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the elaine podcast like i said at the beginning i am your host the one and the only amisha and i will see you guys in the next podcast <laughs>